You're listening to the Life in Christ Church Podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Yeah, we're going to get into it this morning. Before we do, obviously, this is the first service of the new year, and I have some things that God has put in my heart that I want to share with you briefly before we get into prayer and fasting part two, because uh, that, that, that to me uh, is going to be crucial for you guys. Uh, and as a church, prayer and fasting, every year we're going to do it until I hear otherwise, which I don't think I will. We're going to be praying and fasting at the beginning of the year every single year for 21 days at least uh, to start the year up. Um, and so I'm excited about that. But beforehand... Go to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. I hope you brought your Bibles to church uh, and a notebook and something to write with, right? Very important, guys. Bring, bring your Bible, bring your notebook, uh, and, 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 you know, we're expecting the Lord to speak to us, so let's have something to write it down with when he does. And, and it's important to turn to the scriptures, right? Get familiar with your Bible. If you're a student of the Word, right, you want to be familiar with your Bible. And the only way that's possible is by handling it in church, finding out where different things are. It'll help you. Uh, because, uh, you know, if you're going to be successful as a Christian, you need to become a student of the Word. It's like if you go to a university and you go to, a, you know, a class, you have to bring a notebook. You have to bring your textbook, right? Uh, because that's how you learn. Same thing in this matter. And not only is this matter, it's more important than anything else. Coming to church and gaining spiritual understanding is more important than anything else. Amen. How many would you agree? But your spirit, man, is more important than anything else. Nobody agrees. Amen. Your spirit, man, is more important than anything else. Remember, uh, being led by the flesh leads to death, but, but being led by the spirit leads to life and peace. And the only way you're going to be led by the spirit is by feeding your spirit, strengthening your spirit, and understanding God's word. So Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, I'm going to be reading out of the King James Bible. It's also up on the board here, up on the television. Remember, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. Now the Lord told me to share this with you because this is a new year and it's a good time to kind of put things in perspective. Now you can go to the scripture anytime, and, but when it's a new year, the mind, the, the people in general are usually thinking ahead, uh, but it's important that we're not looking back in this season. Right? I, I like, was it, was it Lester Summerall that he, he, I think, what did he do? He took off his rear view mirror uh, or, or, or in his garage. I think he put like a, you go into your garage and he comes out one way. This way he would never reverse. He said, I will never look back. I will never reverse. So in his house, is, when he pulls into his, in his, in, into his garage, I think what he did was he, he put like a, a way out so he would never back out. Like that was for him. That's pretty extreme. But for him, he said, I need to know. I need to get it in my head, get it into my spirit that I ain't going backwards. I'm not looking in the rear view mirror, backing out. I'm going forward. Right? And so that's a very important perspective to have. If you've had a rough year or if there's some things that you're dealing with, let, let's look ahead to this new year. And expect God to do a new thing, come on, where, where you've had the same old, same old, expect God to do a new thing, amen. No more same old, same old. I'm, get tired of looking at the same mountain year after year, right? There's the new scenery God wants you to see. But there are some things that you need to do in order for you to see that scenery. You can't keep doing the same things and expect to see a different scenery, amen. If you just keep taking the same road, you're going to see the same houses and same buildings. But I'm telling you, there are some new roads to be had. Come on, new roads to be taken, new scenery to be seen. God wants to show you some new things. 
Prayer and fasting is a way for you to do some things you've never done, right? Some of you have never done this. Some of you have never gone on a fast. Some of you have never uh, taken January and made it a month of spiritual emphasis. Uh, like I said, we're going to have the church open on Monday. We're going to have the church open on Wednesday, right? Church open on Sunday. And then maybe even some Fridays where we do revival prayer night. Where we, we, did, uh, we did that last year all through the month of January. And throughout the year, we had prayer revival nights on Friday night, three-hour prayer. Phenomenal time. Some of my favorite times were in the revival prayer night. Just incredible, incredible. And, so, and then we have Tuesday and Thursday online Bible study. So there are ways to connect all throughout the month of January. There really isn't any excuse. We're opening up the church multiple times. We're, we're, we're preaching. We're, we're letting the word out uh, to, to, so you can latch on to it and strengthen your spirits. I'm going to read that again. Write this down. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Don't even consider those old things. Don't even consider the, the same old, same old. Don't even consider it, the Bible says. Well, you know, it's all that, every year it's the same thing. You know, I just, I, I can't never get ahead. I struggle every year. The Bible says don't even consider that old way of life. God wants to show you some new things. He said, behold, I will do a new thing. Come on, how many say, God, do a new thing? Come on, do a new thing. Father, I declare right now in the name of Jesus, a new thing in the lives of the people here this morning. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, I declare in the name of Jesus, God is doing a new thing in your life. Come on, consider not the things of old, saith the Lord. He will do a new thing in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord, a new thing. Uh, so the other scripture I wanted to share with you is in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. And, and I was talking about the double uh, maybe a month and a half ago. I told you double for your trouble. I felt that in my spirit. And now, man, I, the spirit is obviously talking in this direction, is leading the body in this direction. Pastor Rodney's talking about it. My friend sent me, an evangelist friend of mine sent me a whole thing on the double. It, it's what the Lord is doing in this season, this year, the year of the double, right? Uh, and so this scripture here in Isaiah 61, verse 7, I'm reading um, out of the Message Bible. Because you've got a double dose of trouble <laughs> and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy, come on, will go on forever. Amen. Come on. How many can latch on to that? Because you got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled. In other words, I like Joyce Meyer. She says double for your trouble. Amen. Come on. Some of you have been through some trouble. Some of you have navigated some things, have, has had some setbacks, but you can expect a double portion, amen, of the inheritance, a double portion. Now, well, is it just going to land on you? Is that just going to going to happen. No, you have to press in. You have to lean in. When a word goes forth, you have to contend for that word. That's why the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. The fight of faith is holding on to the word that the Lord gave you in spite of what you see, feel, or hear. Amen? Come on. Holding on to what the Lord gave you in spite of the, your circumstances. It's saying, no, 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 no. I don't go by what I see. I don't go by what I feel. I go by what I believe. And I believe God. I believe his word. I believe his prophets. Come on. I believe. Come on. My answer is in the Bible. And, and it, it, it may not look like it, but I'm going to hold on and contend for this and fight the good fight of faith. Amen. And God is not a man and that he should lie. And he's the son of man that he should repent. If God said it, what? He'll do it. If he's spoken it, what? It shall come to pass. Amen. I'm taking it to the bank. I've made up my mind. If God said it, we believe it, and what? And that settles it. We know it, right? Well, that's it. The end of story, period. So uh, 
That scripture is encouraging to me. Amen. Double for my trouble. Hey, man, I've had some, some things this year, and I don't like to glorify the devil. You know, I don't like to come up here with no negative reports. My, you know, there are some things that we go through and some things that, you know, many are the afflictions of the righteous, Brother Joe. Yeah, but the Lord delivers us from them all is that second part. And that's where I'm putting my faith. I'm not going to get up here, let's talk about afflictions. No, let's talk about the delivering power of God. Amen. So you may go through some things. Remember, faith will not prevent all mountains, but faith will move all mountains. Amen. Your faith may not prevent all mountains, but your faith will remove all mountains. Amen. And so you have the ability on the inside of you, right, to take care of business. Speak to the mountain. Not speak about the mountain. Speak to the mountain. In the name of Jesus. A mountain is a problem, right, Uh, an issue in your life. Uh, Pastor Mark has a book, Never Run At Your Giant With Your Mouth Shut. Right? You open up your mouth. Let that, like, like, just like David did to Goliath. David won the war actually way before he slung that rock. He won the war of words. You uncircumcised Philistine, who do you think you are? You don't even have a covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. What, what are you doing, guys? This guy doesn't have a covenant. You have a covenant just like David did. Come on. You have a covenant with God better than the covenant that David had. Amen. And so there ain't nothing, no giant big enough to stand to you. Amen. Well, you're not called to live life just going through life, getting bumped and bumped. No, you're called to dominate in life. Dominate every circumstance and situation that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. You're called to dominate. You're not just called to get whooped. Amen. Well, I'm not talking about dominate your wife or dominate your husband. I'm not talking about dominate arrogance. I'm talking about dominating the devil and his, his cohorts. Amen. Dominating Satan and his plan for your life. That's what I'm called to dominate. I'm not going to allow Satan to just do whatever he wants in, the, in my presence. Not happening. Amen. And so why? Because I carry fire and you carry fire. Amen. And so double for your trouble. Write those two down. Contend for those two things throughout the year. Right? Contend for double. Anytime the devil starts giving you trouble, you tell him, well, okay, double. I'm getting double. That's what I say. We have a little trouble here, a little trouble there. Okay, double, 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 double for my trouble. You want to give me trouble? Double. Amen. And then you try to steal from me. Devil, seven times, the Bible says, the thief. Once you catch the thief, he must repay to you seven times. I'm letting him know. You know, this is all just a legal battle, right? It's a legal battle. And you just have to know your rights. Amen. You need to know what to say, right? In, the, in a courtroom of law, if you know what to say, if you listen to your attorney, you're in good hands. Jesus is your attorney. He's your advocate. The Holy Spirit is your advocate, actually. And the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say in different situations so that you can win your case. Amen. And he's never lost a case if he can get his people to listen to him. Amen. Come on. The Holy Spirit has never lost a case. So he just can't, sometimes he just can't get his client to listen to him. <laughs> client, just, ah, nah, nah. Shh, the Holy Spirit, shut up. Ah, nah, I did it. I did it. I did it. Yeah, I did it. I'm guilty. I'm... Holy Spirit's like, shut up. The blood has taken care of that. Shut up. And you just want to, ah, I did it. I did it. I did it. And condemnation just gets heaped on you. Amen. And you just stuck spinning your wheels. Yeah, you made a mistake, but the blood of Jesus has been applied. And you can, you can, you can get mercy and forgiveness and, and you can get back on the horse. But if you just, oh, I did it. I did it. I did it. I'm so dumb. dumb a wretched. I'm dirty. I'm a no good nothing. The devil just put heaps of condemnation on you. Amen. Listen to your advocate, the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he'll tell you to open up your mouth and rejoice. Open up your mouth and plead the blood. Open up your mouth and, and, and let the devil know who you are in Christ. Amen. I have a covenant with God. That's what the Holy Spirit will lead you to say. Praise the Lord. So double for your trouble. Because you got a double dose of trouble. And more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy will go on forever. Glory to God. That scripture was written. God's people were going through a very difficult time. They were being held captive against their will and mistreated by their nations. 
But God sent the word to encourage them and to give them hope for their future. To make a really long story short, in the end, God was faithful to his word. He restored double to his people and filled them with everlasting joy. Amen. So that's our portion. And you know the story of Job. Job was, was man, he had the worst year anybody could ever have. I think it was about two years, the period of, uh, if, I, if I believe, maybe even a year, nine months, not even a year, nine months. The, the period that Job went through where just disaster happened was nine months. What happened? Restored double. Well, the God didn't do that to him. The Bible clearly says that what, what I have, Job said, what I have greatly feared has come upon me. Fear literally put down the wall of protection and allow Satan to have his way. And that's why fear is so deadly. But anyway, Job received double. If you read at the end of Job, double everything was restored to him. Not, and he was already a very wealthy man, but he received double in every area. And so God is in the business of restoring people, right? So let this be the year of restoration for you. The years that you've lost, come on, the relationships that you've lost, the finances that you've lost, the sleep that you've lost, the peace of mind that you've lost, come on, uh, you, you, your children maybe you've lost, but double, the year of restoration and double. Amen. Come on, latch on to that by faith. The year of restoration and double Oh, glory to God, man. I'll take that for me. Hallelujah. And this is going to be a good year, church. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a good year. Uh, well, I bet you say that every year. Yeah, because every year is a good year. The Bible says that the path of the righteous should get brighter and brighter. That means that you should never have a better last year. That means every year just gets better and better, better and better. Come on. The Bible says from glory to glory, victory to victory. That's, that's how we should be living. Amen. Some of us are experiencing it here and there, but I'm talking about a consistent basis. Glory to glory, victory to victory, winning after winning. Amen. Come on. Uh, and so that, that, that's our portion, and that's what we're here to do, to raise believers up. Because, man, I, the church, a lot of places, no, there's a lot of good churches. Don't misunderstand me. A lot of really good churches on this, on this planet. But, but the body, you know, uh, people have a misconception of what a Christian is. Some weak, broke, busting, disgusted, hurt, you know, just no. And that's not how it is. The children of God are royalty. Amen. We're not to walk around like some kind of weak, you know, punks. No. Thank God for his mercy and his grace. I would not be here if it were not for him. Humility is not walking around like this, like, oh, poor wretched me. Humility is knowing that anything that I do good is because of God. Anything that I've done, anything that I'm getting ready to do that's successful is because of him. He is the source. That's why you will always hear me say, Father, we give you glory in advance. We give you praise for every good thing that happens in here. You are the reason people get healed and set free. You are the reason people are prospering, not because of me or Sarah or anybody else in here. It's because of the grace of God. Amen. And so that's humility is relying on him, saying, Father, I rely on you. Amen. And that's, well, might as well just go there, um, and then I'll come back. Fasting is a way, I'll just go, humility. When you fast, it's an act of humbling yourself, right? Fasting is, is a way of, is an act of humbling yourself. And humility, well, let's just go to, actually, I don't know if this is a weird version. It's not a normal, but not a weird version, just not a, uh, a version we use a lot, but the Good News translation says it this way in Psalm 69, verse 10, and verse 10 to 12. Psalm 69, 10 to 12, the Good News translation says, I humble myself by fasting. <laughs> so uh, humility, like I just told you, the, the characteristic of humility, but uh, humility, what happens when you humble yourself? The Bible says he gives what? Grace to the humble. And, and grace is the ability, the empowerment, right, to overcome. It, grace is, is, is literally 
the strength behind you overcoming. And I don't know about you, but I need grace in my life. And so when I fast, it's showing God that, that I need him. I rely on him. I need to humble myself. I mean, you know, we all, we all need to humble ourselves every, every once in a while. Just to remind ourselves that it ain't us. It ain't our looks. It ain't our education. Come on. It ain't our finances. It's not our job. It, it's not anything. Or it's not where you're from. It's not your race. It's because of the grace of God that you're standing where you are right now. Amen. And so when you, when you fast, you're showing God uh, that, that you, you are truly humble and that you rely on him. And let's just read a couple of scriptures that have to do with humility. James chapter 4, verse 6. He gives more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. So grace to the humble resists the proud. Resist doesn't just mean that God does nothing when you're proud. Resist is an active force against. So when you're proud, he actively comes against. What, Noah? So that tells me I don't want anything to do with pride. Amen? When you're proud, God says he actively resists you, but he'll give grace to the humble. And so humility is a very important doctrine, very important thing, and we'll touch on it a little bit more. But as it pertains to fasting, fasting is one of the best ways to humble yourself. Let's look at James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Humility is a, is a, is a good way, is a quick way for promotion. Humility will put you on the track for promotion. James chapter 4, verse 10, as we just read. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. He shall lift you up. Well, my boss doesn't really want me to be promoted. Well, your boss has nothing to do with it. If you will humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, God will promote you. Well, if that boss won't promote you, they'll move that boss out of there, or God will get you another job where you will be promoted. That's just how it works, folks. If you will humble yourself and your desire is to be promoted, come on, your desire is to go further, humility is the way. Amen. Humility is the way. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourself. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. There's another scripture as it pertains to uh, promotion. Uh, Psalms 35, 13. Write this down. Psalms 35, 13. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting. That's just showing you that fasting is a way to humble yourself. So a couple of scriptures as it pertains to humility. Uh, Let's read 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. This is a book, 101 Explosive Benefits of Fasting by Glenn uh, Archeon. It's a really good book, really, really good book if you're interested in it. Um, I actually got this. I never even heard the guy, but, but this is on David Oyedepo's website, Dominion Book Publishers. David Oyedepo has the largest church planet Earth in Africa, Nigeria. Incredible. I listen to him. There's probably not a day goes by where I don't listen to him at some point. But, but this was on his website as an author that he endorses. So I looked it up and he had this book and it's just phenomenal, phenomenal book. So let's read 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Write it down. You don't have to turn to it right now. But just so you have the reference so that you can go back and read these scriptures. If my people, which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. So that's, a, that's an incredible promise. And so if you have some things going on, you know, healing or, or, or some, some sin in your life or some things that you, you need strength to overcome, uh, fasting will, will unlock, come on, so a, a grace in your life. That's what the Bible says. And so grace, man, is, is, is the, grace is not the, 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 the cover-up, uh, you know, to cover up your sin. That's not what grace is. Grace is to empower you to overcome your sin. Uh, the blood of Jesus has forgiven you of your sin. 
Uh, but you just can't go around doing what you want to do and expect God to bless you. A lot of, you know what's funny? There's a, there's a preacher, Joseph Prince, that people say all kind of stuff about, but I've never actually heard Joseph Prince say those things. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I, I like Joseph Prince, uh, and I've heard him, and, and people like to bash him left and right about the grace message. Joseph Prince says that you can do whatever you want. I've actually never heard him say that. I've actually never heard him even get close to saying that. Everything he's ever said that I have heard has been absolutely right. Brother Copeland has had him on the broadcast. And, and so, you know, I, I just, people with the great, and Creflo too, I've never really heard Creflo say anything that I'm like, well, that ain't, thank God for the grace. Amen. The grace of God is the empowering force to overcome sin in your life. And without it, you're in trouble. Without the grace of God, you're in trouble. And humility unlocks the key. Humility humbling yourself. God said he gives more grace to the humble. Amen. Amen. So I'm expecting more grace to come my way during this time of prayer and fasting. Extreme great grace coming your way during this time of fasting. I declare in the name of Jesus, great grace coming your way. Uh, come on, wave that was meant to crush you will be the wave that will take you higher. The wave of grace flowing your way will literally just pick you right up from that muck. Pick you right up from that sin. Pick you right up from that condemnation. Pick you right up and put your foot on solid ground and take you into the new. And take you into new territory in the name of Jesus. Double shall be your portion in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so those are just some scriptures on humility. And I'm going to back up a little bit and just kind of recap a little bit. Uh, since I was in that vein, I just thought I'd just go for it. Um, and so what are we doing? We're doing 21 days of fasting. If you weren't here last week, 21 days. It starts tomorrow, January 3rd. We're going to go to the 24th. And we're breaking the fast at 6 p.m., right? So you fast all day long, and you break the fast at 6 p.m. Where is that in the Bible, Pastor Joe? Uh, good question. Judges chapter 20, verse 26. Then all the children of Israel, all the people, went up to Bethel, where they wept and sat before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So they fasted until evening, and that's what we're doing. We're fasting until evening, 6 o'clock. Uh, now, if you work construction or maybe, you know, you're on some medication or whatever, I'm not telling you what to do in that area. Uh, I'm not the fasting police. This isn't to, to, you know, you're trying to figure out your way through this and what loopholes and can I eat, you know, you, the goal of this is to crucify your flesh, right? That's the goal. And so, you know, uh, you, you decide what that looks like, but I'm going to tell you what I would ask you to do as a corporate body, liquid, if you're just going to 6 o'clock, it would be liquids only, meaning water and coffee, but coffee, not with sugar and creamer, that, that, that's not, you know, you know, lattes with 900 calories, that, that ain't it, you know, so coffee, black coffee, no sugar, no creamer, water, you drink a lot of water if you're going to be fasting because your body is going to be releasing toxins and water is a good way to get rid of those toxins, and so uh, I guarantee you, you will not die if you fast till 6 o'clock. Your body may feel that way, but those are hunger pains. Those are not death pains, okay? If you went from eating three, four, five times a day to eating one time a day, there's going to be an adjustment. But I'm telling you, it will be worth it. It will be worth it. And so we're fasting for 21 days. Um, and, and like I was saying, if you work construction, maybe you want to have a little clear juice or something while you're working. Uh, I understand that. Um, 
but, but you know, that, that's what we're doing. Uh, if you're pregnant, don't fast. If you're a child under 18, don't fast. Um, uh, and if you're over 65, actually 75, you don't need to fast either. Uh, and I'm just going by Ia de Boye, who I like to, to follow. And this is the, the, the fast that he proclaims, largest denomination on planet Earth. So they're doing something right. And so that's what I like. I like to adopt that one. And so if you're over 75, the reason is because he says most of the people that age, their flesh has already been pretty much crucified. I beg to differ, but, you know, I've met some pretty grouchy 75-year-olds, as I told you last week. <laughs> but, but anyway, 75-year-old, that's fine. No big deal. Um, but you're not exempt from praying. Everybody, everybody needs to be praying. Like, this is not an exemption from praying. Uh, and remember, if you're on a fast and you're not praying, you're really just on a diet, right? And so the component that makes it uh, powerful is that prayer component. And so uh, we talked about at least an hour a day. Again, I got that from Ia de Boya. He said, I'm saying Ia de Boya. I say it fast. You were like, you're looking at me. What, are you, what, what name are you saying? Ia is, is his first name, and then Adeboye is his last name. Um, but he says, uh, if you're not praying at least an hour a day, really, it's, you're not going to get much results. So an hour a day at least. And Jesus even said that. He said, could you not tarry for at least an hour? And when he saw his disciples, you couldn't even stay awake for an hour to pray with me. You fell asleep. And so I think an hour is a good benchmark, good place to start. Uh, and get up a little earlier, right? Or stay up a little later. Um, and so, you know, you will not regret it. This is a month of spiritual emphasis, and I believe you'll form some habits during this month. It takes 21 days in the natural to form a habit, and so this will be a good opportunity to form some habits. I know there are some things that I'm working on. Uh, you know, I want to wake up earlier in the morning. You know, I, I, I'm a night person. I like to stay up late, but I really need to start getting up earlier. And so, you know, I'm cutting out television at night and, and, and I'm doing this thing with Pastor Sarah to get up earlier, uh, you know, because I believe we accomplished a lot this last year, but, you know, I did not, I didn't feel like I was that mad capacity. I feel like there's a whole other level that we could press into, and I believe that's true for each and, each and every one of your lives. There's another level uh, for you uh, as far as productivity, as far as get, going further in the things of God. You don't want to, you know, 10 years down the road be anywhere near where you are right now. Amen. You, you want to be so far down the road. You don't want to get to the end of your life and wish you would have left it all out in the field. You know what I mean by that? You know, the pe people go to the Super Bowl, and, and then they play half, half, you know, halfway I was going to say another word, but halfway, uh, and, 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 you know, at the end of the game, like, man, we should have just left it all on the field. No, I don't want to leave any regrets, you know what I mean? I, I want to go all in, and so this year, I'm really putting it into overdrive. I'm not talking about working your way, working uh, yourself into, into a grave. That's not what I'm talking about, uh, but, but I'm talking about going and, 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 and contributing to, to your generation the way God has intended for you to do it, right? There are some things, some, some books on the inside of you, some songs, come on, there, there are some some sermons. There, there, there is some different things that God has placed on the inside of you. Some, some business deals, some, some inventions, and different things that God has placed on the on the inside of each and every one of you. That's going to take you pressing into access. Amen. And so that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about seeing some things and going some places that that we've never been. And, and this is something that anybody can do. Every one of you can do this. If six o'clock becomes easy, it has become easy for me. We, that's how, that's how my, I live my life that way pretty much. Up until November, I fasted every month. Monday, did not eat nothing. Every Tuesday, uh, and then I would eat at 6 o'clock on Tuesday. I'd fast all day Wednesday and eat Thursday at night, Friday at night, Saturday at night, and then I'd eat Sunday. That was pretty much how I lived my life, uh, just even for like uh, health reasons and different things. So it became very easy. But the first time I did to 6 o'clock, I was waiting there. I'm like, baby, start the food at 4.30, so at 6 o'clock, it's ready to go. And, and you know what I mean? I was ready. 
but now it's like, baby, she's like, Joe, food's ready. I'm like, oh, hold on, uh, 6.30 or 7 o'clock, like I'm doing something. I'm not like, oh, food is 6 o'clock anymore, you know. And so I say all that to say, I started putting two together, three days together, four days together, five days together, and I'm looking to go even further than that because it's become easy. So push yourself is what I'm saying. Now you listen to your body, uh, and I'm going to say that with a caveat because your body will be hungry, but if you really feel on the inside that this is your limit, just listen, obey, do what you need to do. Um, but, but I want to encourage you to go further this time than you did last time. Uh, and fasting is pushing away the plate, right? That's what we're doing. We're not fasting uh, for social media. That's good if you want to, but that's not a substitute for pushing away the plate. That is a true fast, denying your, your, yourself food. That's what we're doing. Uh, and anything else is just a bonus, remember. Um, and what else is it? Uh, and I talked about last week how your spirit man, I mean, your flesh is not qualified to make decisions for your life, right? Your flesh is not qualified to make decisions for your life. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. In other words, to, to make decisions based upon how you feel and what you see will lead to death. But if you make decisions based upon your spirit man and out of your spirit man, the Bible says it will lead you to what? Life and peace. And so what happens when we fast is we literally strengthen our spirit man and starve out our flesh. This way, our spirit man says, we're going to go pray. And your flesh is like, okay. But if you don't feed your spirit man and your flesh becomes stronger, your spirit man says, hey, let's go pray. And your flesh will be like, no, we're not going to pray. We're going to stay in bed. And that's what happens. You don't pray. I, I, so I know when I back off of these things, when I stop doing the things that I know I should be doing, I start living more out of, my, out, of my, out of my flesh, and I start making bad decisions. I start going places I shouldn't really go, right? That's how I lived most of my life. But before I was a Christian, that's how I lived my life. And everything I touched went down the tubes. And I never finished anything that I started, right? Relationships, jobs, school, career, nothing. Because the flesh will always lead you to destruction every single time. And it may be different in different areas for different people, but every single time. So this is telling our spirit man that this is telling our flesh that we have decided to live out of our spirit man. We are telling you no flesh, and the best way to do that is by telling it uh, no, is by pushing away the plate. Amen. That's the best way to do it. And so those are some things we touched on last week. Um, uh, humility. I want to show you in the Bible, because we're doing a corporate fast, I want to show you in the Bible uh, some corporate fast. We'll do that, and I'm going to just really quickly tell you the schedule. This way you have some things to lean in for, uh, a prayer schedule, uh, and then we'll end, up, we'll end it this morning with that. Uh, so go to um, the book of Esther, chapter 4. Uh, can you read my Bible, please? Where's my Oh, here it is. Never mind. Book of Esther, chapter 4. That's what I was looking for. book of Esther. Esther's right before Job, after Nehemiah. Esther chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the, king com where the king's command and decree arrived, there was a great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments 
to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away uh, from him. This is uh, Esther chapter 4. Mordecai and yeah, th then she uh, sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. Verse 5, then Esther called Hathakah, one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her, and he gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. So Hathakah was, where am I, went out to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasury to destroy the Jews. Remember, I don't know if you guys know the story, most of you do, um, Haman had, had, had come up with a plot to destroy all the Jews in the land. Um, and so this is, then Esther, call, where am I here? So verse 6, verse 7, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasury to destroy the Jews. Verse 8, he also gave him a copy of the written decree for the destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, that he might command her to go into the king, go to the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. So... Hathakah returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Then Esther spoke to Hathakah and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servant and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. Verse 13, here it is. And Mordecai told him to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shashin and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maid and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. The Africans have a proverb that says, if I perish, the man who says, if I perish, I perish, never perishes, right? The man who says, if I perish, I perish, never perishes. It's that attitude. Well, even if my God does not deliver me, I'm still not bowing, right? It's that attitude, uh, that attitude of I'm going to serve God no matter what. And so Esther had that. But what I really want to talk to you about is the conspiracy to kill all the Jews took about a year. And the decree went out to 124 nations under the law. This was the decree to kill every Jew. Haman had been working about a year up to this point to get this into law, to, and it would affect 124 nations. All the Jews were to be killed on a particular date. And after one year and giving the king over $2 million, because Haman said, I will construct them, I will fund all of this. Haman, after giving the king $200 million and over a year of planning, we know that this was turned around, but Esther fasted for three days. Three days of fasting undid a year's worth of planning and $200 million worth of uh, payment to 
to, to destroy the Jews. And so, you know, fasting, man, there is power there. And we see she called a corporate fast. She said, have them all fast. We're going to fast. That's what we're doing. We're corporately fasting. And as we see uh, for Esther, power was made available. Things were undone. Evil plots were, were, were undone. And, you know, there are some evil plots that, 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 that Satan has for this church. But we know that this is a mighty moving force. And the gates of hell cannot and will not prevail against his church, right? And so we're pressing in and letting the devil know that as a body corporately, we're not putting up with his nonsense. Come on. No matter what you have planned, devil, you cannot stop life in Christ church and what it's doing and what it's called to do. Amen. And so corporately, that's what we're doing. We're linking arms and we're going to see the results and anything else that we need to see come to fruition. Amen. The other one is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Go there real fast. I wasn't planning on reading the whole thing in Esther, but I figured I would. 2 Chronicles. I'm going to read about Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 1, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and the others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. They are in Hazaron, Tamar. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. So anytime you get... There are a lot of people that live this way as well, uh, which this is the way I want to live my life. Anytime you get bad news, things that seem insurmountable, odds that seem insurmountable, and that's what happened here. Jehoshaphat was surrounded, completely surrounded by enemy armies. I believe um, it was five nations, five different kings, five different nations was surrounding Jehoshaphat. It looked absolutely impossible. There was no way out. And so what did he do? This should be our response every single time. Set our hearts to seek the Lord. Right? Anytime opposition comes our way, our first response should not be to call uh, our friend to, to, to cry, should not be to, to you know, go on Facebook. Our first response should be, Father, I seek myself. I put my, no, no, I put my heart to seek you, Father. I want to seek your will and your way concerning this. And, and if it's really bad and you really can't see it, way out, fasting is a good way, come on, to enhance your capacity to receive the answer from heaven. And so that's what Jehoshaphat did. And I want to read down in verse 12. He said, Oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what it to do, but our eyes are upon you. This is Jehoshaphat. This is what he said. He said, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against them, against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Have you ever been in a place where you just have no power over the situation, or you just don't know what to do with the thing that is coming against you? If you have, the answer is what I just told you. Set your heart to seek him, and, and, and a fast, a, a three-day fast, man, will take care of a lot of stuff. It will literally open up that pipeline to heaven. It'll unclog. It's like calling Roto-Rooter to unclog the pipeline, right? When you fast, you literally unclog the pipeline to heaven. Amen. Uh, you know, I've had to, we've, we've done a lot of real estate in different houses, and it's, you know, when that pipeline's backed up, it's problems, right? And, and how much more when your pipeline to heaven is backed up? Verse 18 says, tomorrow go down, because this is God giving them instruction. God is now giving him instruction. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. 
You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohites and of the Mennonites, no, not Mennonites, I'm just kidding. And of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. That's why, well, Pastor Joe, you're a loud church. You guys, that's because the Bible says to do that. Amen. And you see the whole situation. If you read on, everything turned. He won the battle, won the day, outnumbered five nations to one. I mean, you know, outnumbered five to one is a pretty insurmountable odd, right? And so took his time to seek the Lord and fast, and he saw it break. Those are corporate prayers, corporate uh, fastings that are in the Bible, and you see the results that it had. And so I believe during this time of corporate fasting, not only will the church be blessed, and we'll see some things in the Spirit as a church body, but you individually, your families, as you as a, as a, as a corporate family unit fast and pray, things will be unlocked for you. Things will move further along down the road. Why? Because your ability to hear instruction will increase. Your ability, the grace to do the instruction will increase. Amen. Those are two big things. When you can hear the Lord clear and you can act on it with more boldness, that's some incredible. Uh, uh, that's an incredible duo to get results. Remember, it's only the doer that gets results. And fasting will, 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 will give you boldness to step out and to do the word like never before. Why? Because grace comes upon you because you've humbled yourself. Amen. Right? He gives grace to the humble. It all ties in. It all ties in. Uh, and so that we can expect some big things during this time of fasting. And I've told you that it's important to have a schedule, right? Have a focus uh, and, and that you're aiming towards during this time of prayer. Because you'll probably, a lot of people get to Wednesday. Well, I don't know what else to pray for. I run out of things to pray for. I pray for this one. But, so if you have a, a, a target that you're hitting, right, you'll, 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 you'll be much better off. I told you the story of Brother Hagen uh, when he pastored uh, a church. He would have everybody come to the front. He said uh, he was doing this to, uh, to kind of do a poll you know, to see their response. And so he said he'd bring them all up to the front and have them pray. And he would just walk around and say, hey, what are you, what are you praying for? He goes, the people, and he said people would respond with, uh, I don't know, I'm just praying. He said, okay, well, what scripture are you standing on? And they would respond with, uh, none in particular. And he would say, well, none in particular. That's exactly what you're going to get, nothing in particular. He said it's important to be specific, right, to have a goal, uh, to aim at something and have scripture to back it up. And so what we're going to be doing in our household, uh, we, we, we're breaking it up three weeks, 21 days, right? Seven days, seven days, seven days, three weeks. And we're going to be doing the first week is going to be focused on, on the individual. So me, I'm going to be focused on me, right? So you focus on you. And, and, and so that's the first week. Day one, I'm going to be focused on my health, Right? Um, praying about that, just pleading the blood over my health and, and Psalms 91, leaning in, pressing in, building my faith as it pertains to health, praying that out. Uh, and, and, and so that's what I'm going to be doing. Day two, finances, you know, provision, right? I'm going I'm to be leaning in for that, getting scriptures, proclaiming, opening up my mouth, leaning in, reading about that, praying about that. Day three, spiritual growth. Praying the Ephesians prayer, the Philippians prayer, that with, uh, um, revelation knowledge and wisdom would be granted unto me, right? All of those prayers leaning in. Uh, and so that's what I'm going to be doing day three. Day four, open up new doors and connections. The Bible says, 
open doors, effectual wide open doors for service, right? And so God will unlock some things and God will, God will take care of some business as we press in and lean in for those things. And then day five, for me personally, uh, the ministry that the Lord has entrusted to us, right? That's a personal thing for us. And so whatever that is for you, maybe it's your business or your calling or, or you know, uh, whatever that looks like for you. And so that's week one. Week two can be focused on my family. Focus on your family. Week two, focus on the family. And break that up through five days. Day one, if you're married, focus on your marriage. Or if you're not married, focus on believing for your spouse if you want to be married, right? Uh, and so day one, praying for the marriage, you know, cultivating your heart, your love walk, speaking blessing over your marriage, uh, all of that, very important. Day two, I'm going to deal with any, any, anything I have to deal with as it pertains to forgiveness and my love walk, right, in my family. Any, anything that needs to be ironed out in my family, I'm going to lean in and press in for that. Day three, my children or your grandchildren. Uh, so I'm going to be leaning in for my children, praying over my son and my daughter, right? Leaning in for them, pressing in, praying out the will of God for their lives. Very important. These things, and now we have a schedule. We have something that we can say, okay, here's what we're going to be doing. And man, you wake up fired up, ready to go, knowing where you're going in the Bible, knowing what scriptures you're going to get, looking them up, uh, and it'll help you uh, do these things. Day four, praying for unsaved loved ones. The Bible tells us how to pray for unsaved loved ones, right? Calling in the laborers into the harvest field. So, Father, I thank you that my cousin is, 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 you're sending laborers into the harvest field. You're sending people into his life. You know who he will receive from. I thank you, Father, that he has ears to hear and a heart to receive. And, Father, I declare that he will serve you and that he will, he will do the plan of God for his life. You know, praying like that over each and every person in your family that maybe doesn't know Jesus. Amen. I mean, you know, that's how things happen in your family, by prayer, petitioning heaven concerning your family. And I believe, I told you already, I had the vision in my heart. I'm, as I'm looking at you right now, I look down and then I look back up and I saw your families next to you. Amen. I seen your children. I seen your spouses. Come on. I seen your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your parents. I seen them in the spirit. And so I know, I know if I see it on the inside, it's only a matter of time before we see it in the natural. Amen. That's how it works even for you too. If you will lay hold of what God will show you in the spirit, it's only a matter of time before you see it in the natural. And so I've seen it. And so I'm excited about that. And then day five, be praying about family situations and turnarounds. So anything that in your family that needs turnaround or whatever you may be dealing with, every family is different, this is the time to press in and to lean in. Father, I thank you that this is getting turned around, that everything works together for our good in this family because we're called and we love you, Father. And I thank you that things are shifting in this family. Doors are opening, Father. No longer shall depression run in our family. No longer shall, shall diabetes, whatever it is for you, you know, you, you just lean in and you petition heaven concerning your family. Amen. And so this is, I'm going to go on, I'll, I'll tell you that at the end. And then the last week, asking you to pray for life in Christ, to lean in for the church as a corporate body, to lean in. So first day, you can pray for us as pastors uh, and, and the leaders. So we'll be praying for the leaders of the church, asking you to pray for us as pastors. We covet your prayers. Uh, we thank you for those that pray for us. A lot of you pray for us. And I believe that, that some of the things that we're walking into is because of the prayers that have come out of this house for us. I know with all my heart. 
Day two, pray for souls. We're believing God for souls in this church. We're a soul-winning church. We go after the lost. That's who we are. We love the lost. We want to see them transformed and healed and set free just like we've been healed and set free. Amen. That's what we're called to do. We're not just focused on these four walls. Thank God we need to get together. Thank God for, for believers' meetings. But we need to win souls. We are believing God for the lost. And so we believe God will send us the lost. And we'll go and he'll give a strategy to go get them, right? Day three, praying out, for, uh, you know, releasing your faith for the building, for our building, uh, and, 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 and where we're headed in direction, right, for, for the building. Day four, growth in numbers, anointing, reach, revelation, miracle signs and wonders, all around growth in the church. Healings like never before. Double in anointing. Double in influence. Double. Influence just means you have a bigger platform. And if you have a bigger platform and you're using that platform to do well, man, that, that's what it's all about. Thank God, like I said last week, that Mike Todd has over a million followers. Man, he's doing an incredible job. Thank God uh, Brother Copeland has his own TV station. Thank God, you know, uh, Pastor Rodney is on television. Thank God that, that, that their, their platform is at a place where they can get the gospel out. Thank God for Joyce Meyer on television, reaching so many nations. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. The bigger the platform, the, the bigger the reach, and, and the more people get help. That's what it comes down to. And then day five, praying for the ministry of helps. We're calling in high-impact, low-maintenance people. Amen. And, 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 and just, I'm talking about to serve in different areas. We need specialized people for audiovisual. We need specialized people, for creative department, different things like that. Uh, and so, you know, to serve. And I'm not, you know, somebody who comes in off the street or somebody who's, 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 who's new to this, you know, and they're going to be people that are going to, it takes a lot of time to, to, to develop them. And that's what we're in the business of doing. So when I say high impact, low maintenance people, we're believing also for people who are mature and established to come in and help us in some areas. Amen. Right? Uh, and so there's, the church should have a balance of, 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 of all different maturity levels. We should not just have all mature believers. We should not just have all unsaved. People need to be continually going through the cycle. Right? Continually just flowing through the cycle. And so at every step. But we're believing God will send us some, some, some high impact people to help us with the audio, the camera, the technology aspect of things. Graphics. Right? All of these things. Social media. All of these things right now it's me you know what I mean and, and as we grow that, that that you know what I mean it's very difficult um, as far as social media goes where we getting help now with with Jackie's been helping Jordan has helped us with with the camera and 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 all that stuff back there but we'll believe in God um, for worship team all these things right uh, so pressing in for that so that's three weeks right there now everybody's different, I understand. I'm just giving you a blueprint of what we're doing. Uh, and, and so if you have some things that you need to tailor with that, I'll go for it. If there's some things that God is placing on your heart to press in for in a certain area and emphasize more than what I'm talking about, go for it. This isn't the hard and fast rule. I'm just giving you an example uh, to follow if you need that. I was blessed when somebody did that for me because it helped me do this without you know, getting to day four and be like, I don't know what to do. But now when I wake up and I know what I'm doing, I can be focused and I can be intentional and, and I'm not wasting time. You know what I mean? Um, and so this, this, if this helps you, uh, uh, you know, we'll, 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 uh, we can put it out on Facebook as well each day, kind of what we're doing. Um, that, that may help you as well. So I think we will do that. Um, 
I think that's it. Is there anything else that pertains to fasting, Pastor Sarah? No? Okay. If you would, stand to your feet. I'm going to pray over you. I want you to commit yourself to this fast. And if you make a mistake, and you, you know, whatever, don't condemn yourself. And I'm not, you don't need to confess. I'm not, I'm not the police fasting, please. But if you, if you feel in your heart that maybe you did something or you ate, just get back on the horse and keep going. Don't allow the devil to condemn you. Pastor John, man, who just, just, Father, forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. I want to fast. I want to go for it. And I'm, and I'm getting back on the horse. Amen. Don't let the devil rob you of, of, of three good weeks because you messed up two days. You know what I mean? Keep it moving and keep one foot in front of the other. Uh, but commit, though. Commit. Say, Father, say this. Say, Father, I ask for grace. I tap into your grace to execute this fast. My heart is for you. I put you first place. I need you. I humble myself. And I believe during this time of prayer and fasting, I will go where I've never been. I will see where I've never seen. I expect to come up higher in the things of the Spirit. I want everything you have for me. I will fulfill the plan of God on my life. I will do everything you've called me to do by your grace. In Jesus' name. What do you have? And so what we're going to do right now, pass out the communion. We're going to end this year honoring God, taking communion Communion, I call it the miracle meal. And actually, I found these, Sarah found these, they're actually called the miracle meal. I didn't, you know, that's pretty cool. I got that from a book I read, but these are actually called miracle meals. So we're going to be supporting this company from now on. <laughs> I like it. And so we're going to end the year taking communion. We, we, no, we, we ended the year last week with communion. We're going to start this year with communion, honoring the Lord. You can expect anything anti-covenant to be eradicated for your life, from your life. That's what you're doing. You're saying, Father, I believe in what Jesus did on the cross. I put my faith in it, right? I receive my healing. I receive my peace. I receive my joy. Anything anti-covenant, release your faith for it to be eradicated. But Father, we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for that you preserved us. Thank you, Father, that you've preserved each and every person here, that they're standing here, that you have kept them through this year. And I declare in the name of Jesus, every person here and every person watching and listening will be here next year. Not one life will be cut short. We have decided to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No plague shall come near our dwelling. We declare we're protected, we're healed, we walk in divine health. The life of God flows on the inside of us. As we partake of this communion, we declare our bodies healed and strong and well. Our minds are quick, sharp, and alert. And, and I declare the favor of God surrounds you as with a shield. Everywhere you go, favor with God and with man. I declare you're increasing. You're coming up to a higher level. You're going further than you've ever gone before. And I declare double for your trouble. Where the enemy has tried to wreak havoc, God says double is your portion. A double portion of the inheritance in Jesus' name. So, right now, we thank you, Father. The Bible says he gave thanks. So, Father, we give you thanks. Just lift your hands. They thank you, Father.
Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for us, everything you're doing for us. We're so grateful, Lord. We commit 2022 to you. We declare we will serve you this year. We will do the will of God this year. <laughs> we will hit the mark this year. Yes, yes, yes. We will yield to the Spirit this year. Yes, we will obey God this year. Well, yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And we declare great grace to do it in Jesus' name. The Bible says, this is my, Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember what Jesus has done on the cross for us. And we partake in faith. Go ahead and partake. In the same way, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember the blood that was shed. And we plead the blood, which means we put our faith in the blood, the finished work, the blood. I apply the blood over each and every person here. And I declare right now the wonder-working power of the blood at work in their lives. I declare the sins forgiven. I declare increase in their lives, wholeness, soundness in Jesus' name. And, and we declare right now nothing missing, nothing broken. <laughs> From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. We declare you're the head and never the tail, above and never beneath. Father, we put our faith in the blood. We're here because of the blood. And we're going places because of the blood. <laughs> In Jesus' name, go ahead and partake. Let's just take 30 good seconds and thank the Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you are worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Oh, praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Praise you, Father. We rejoice with gladness. We're expecting big things in 2022. Yes, glory to God. Praise you, Father. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, ha, ha, ha. Yes, we laugh at impossibilities. Glory to your name. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. Glory to your name, Lord. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. If you would, please, every head bowed and every eye closed. I never like to end a service without giving you the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Every person, every person needs a Savior. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is that day to receive your salvation. It's a very simple. In the Bible, in the book of Romans, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Because if, when you leave this earth, you will go to one of two places. You will either go to heaven or you will go to hell. Jesus sends no one to hell. You do by you go to hell by rejecting Jesus. But here's your opportunity to receive him. So that if you were lay, if you were to lay your head on a pillow tonight, and if your life would be required of you, you would know that heaven would be your eternal home. You're not promised tomorrow. You may leave here and something may happen. Today is the day to receive Jesus into your heart. If you mean business with him, he means business with you. You don't have to change to come to him. You have to make a decision to want to change. He'll give you the help and the strength and the ability to change. Don't think you have to clean yourself up to receive him. He will help you do that. 
Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't leave here today without accepting Jesus into your heart. So if that's you, and you say, Pastor, I want to pray with you so that I can know that I know that heaven will be my eternal home. That if something were to happen to me, I know I'm going to heaven. I want Jesus. I want life. I want peace. I want everything the Bible promises me. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. So if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to just slip up your hand and say, pray for me. If you're watching online, you can do the same. One, two, three. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to know that heaven will be my eternal home. Don't leave here without it. If you lifted up your hand, I want you to take another step. I want you to come up out of your seat. Just come on down here. I want to pray with you. Give them a round of applause they come. Amen. How you doing, man? What's your name? Jose. Nice to meet you, Jose. You look familiar. Maybe I did I meet you before? No? Well, nice to meet you. What's your name, man? Kai. Kai? Nice to meet you, Kai. Praise God, man. It's the best decision you'll ever make. I'm telling you, man. There's no better life than following God. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about a relationship with the living God. Not some weird religion, some maybe your grandma's religion. I don't know. But I'm talking about a real life relationship with the living God. He'll take you places you never imagined. God has some incredible things in store for your life. If you will stay on the path, I'm not saying be perfect. I'm saying follow the path. Stay close to your past. Stay close to where you're supposed to be plugged into. And man, you're, you won't even recognize yourself a year from now. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what's going on. But you, won't, you will not recognize your situation, let alone five years from now. I'm a, I, I got born again 11 years ago. Drug addict, uh, a thief, a manipulator, a liar. Um, I grew up in New York just, just wreaking havoc. And to be where I am now is but, but the grace of God. And he, what he has done for one person, he'll do for another. Maybe you're not called to be a pastor, but wherever you're, whatever God has ordained for you to do, you will do it in Jesus' name. Is that what you want? You want the plan of God for your life? Lift your hands. Repeat this prayer after me and mean it with all your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the only way to heaven. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. Wash me in your blood. Deliver me. Heal me. Set me free. I want your plan for my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey. Bless you, Kai. Bless you, Jose. Listen, Kai, Jose, if you would, where, 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 where's who, who? You see that man right there with his hand? If you would just go to him real quick, he's got something he wants to just give you a book. Very important, all right? God bless you guys. Give him a round of applause. They go, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer online, reach out to us. We want to say hello. Uh, remember, the next step is to find a good church. Where you go to church is vital. Don't just go to the closest church. Go to the church that's on fire. Go to the church where you know you're supposed to be. 
and things will start to shift and change for your life like you never imagined. Church, lift your hands. Father, I pray a blessing over every person here. And Father, as we take time this month to, to fast and pray, Father, I thank you, Lord, that this will be the best month that the people have ever had as they seek you, as they humble themselves. Father, I thank you that you have some incredible things in store for them. I'm excited, Lord, for them. And, and Lord, I pray a blessing, the strength, the grace to do it, to put one foot in front of the other, to, 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 to press in like never before. And Lord, I pray a hedge of protection round about them. Ministering angels encamp around them like a shield everywhere they go. Favor with God and with man. And again, I proclaim as we have taken this communion, that is our vaccine. The life of God flowing through our bodies, healing and, and, and taking care of any disease from the outside. We declare ourselves healed well and strong. Corona, Omicron, none of them stand a chance against the power of God on the inside of us. And so Father, I declare not one shall perish not one shall fall. It may happen on the left, it may happen on the right, but it shall not happen here. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.